Welcome to episode 158 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play Yakuza 0. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Flora Marigold, and today I have three friends with me. The first friend, who made it two chapters into this week's game, and I did not expect to be here, Mike Ruffalo. How you doing, Mike? I'm 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 good. I'm excited to talk about a very weird game. Weird indeed. And the second friend, who's been going down a rabbit hole of side content on this journey with us, Katie Lesperance. Always. I'm ready. I'm going to fight off gang members and uh, disco dance to the beat. Like, nonstop, though, right? Ugh. You finally have some context for our Friday night GIFs. But yeah. our third friend here, um, Imran Khan, games writer and journalist, uh, head of USPR producer at My Dearest. And uh, Imran, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I am a gigantic Yakuza fan, and I will leap at any chance to talk about it. You could not even be <laughs> recording. It could just be like four people like, yeah, let's just talk about Yakuza Zero. Like, I'll be there. Perfect. Perfect. This is actually just a big ruse, so that way we could get you here to talk <laughs> Intervention. about it with us. Yeah. <laughs> we need to stop talking about Yakuza at some point in my life. Not today, though. Not today. Today is yeah. not that day. So, uh, Imran, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your work and kind of like how you came to be here today, aside from your uh, fandom of the Yakuza series? Uh, so, I am... Uh, a, I've been a games writer for 20 years, but I think like I've been most well known for the, like the last five or se- five to seven years uh when i was working as i was a senior editor at game informer i was on at kind of funny i was a senior editor at fanbyte uh, i currently run a patreon named pros and cons which is a terrible name to say out loud because i i really like pu- word puns but when you're trying to build a brand off them yeah. no one knows what you're actually talking about so it's p-r-o-s-e and k-h-a-n-s which is my name but like Nobody hears that. They only hear pros, like the, the phrase pros. Anyway, proscons.com is where our Patreon is. So if anyone wants to come see that, I talk about video games a lot there too. But the reason I am here is Yakuza fandom and that fandom that essentially bleeds into my career to the point where I like have taught. I'm a big fan of the series. I've talked to the people who make that series come to life quite a bit. That is a great, by the way, that's a great pun. Yeah. But I had no idea that that was a pun until you broke it down for me. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Yeah. Is that you look at it on the page like, oh, I get it now. That's a good name. But when I when I make podcast appearances, I have to bring a sign or something that <laughs> says what it is. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Podcasting just can't be the medium then. Um, okay. As long as you're cool with this, we're going to run you through the gauntlet. This is to give people who are not familiar with you a bit of context, a bit of, you know, uh, a bit of color for your your takes before we get into the uh, the the spicy curry that is Yakuza Zero. How does that sounds sound? Sounds good. Yeah, okay. sounds great. Flora, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a question that I had for you, Imran, is um, what's a game that you've really wanted to like but you just simply couldn't get into despite trying it? Hmm. This came up again recently. So I played Shadow of War years ago. Hmm. I like. I actually have a the Game Informer cover right up here because it was the first issue I was published in. But I tried to play that game. I was like, this is just not hitting. It's not. 
I feel like I played this three years ago with Shadow of Mordor. So I like I kind of gave up on it. With it, uh, about two weeks ago, my partner held a Lord of the Rings food party, which is you watch all three movies, extended editions, and eat whatever they're eating. That's awesome! Which Amazing. turns out, yeah, yeah, it's a lot I of food. Do that. So like you're eating like a chicken messily while like the the king from what's his name eats it. There there's like an extended thing where like you can't also smoke whatever while they're smoking, ah. which by like the end of the first movie, I'm pretty sure you'd be like well gone. <laughs> but anyway, we we were doing this, and I had never seen Return of the King before. Somehow I just missed it. I just never got to that point in the movies. So I was like, wait, that's Shelob. Shelob's a big spider. That's not what she's like in Shadow of War. So oh. I go back. I, I I have a Steam Deck now, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play Shadow of War and be like, what what's the deal with this? They explain it. No, they don't really ever explain it. Why she's a hot lady in that game oh. <laughs> and a giant spider in Return of the King. So it's just like, but also I came away from that going, okay, this is not. I I still don't get this game. I still don't get why people like this or why anyone considers this better than Shadow of Mordor, which is a I think more interesting, more revolutionary, and overall better game. I 100% agree. I, I, I fired up Shroud of War and was like, I, this isn't it. I don't know yeah. why, but it's just, it doesn't it feel Dang. the same. Aww. It's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will get back to it someday, I hope. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. That makes me um, so sad that's... as like a lifelong Lord of the Rings fan. Um, I've never actually picked this up. But Shadow of Mortar. Great. Mordor's great, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Mordor. I mean, it might be that if you play Mord- or War without Mordor that War is actually really good. Yeah, but probably. Mordor does like all the stuff Shadow of War does, but first. Yeah. So it's very hard to go back to and be like, I feel like I've played this already, but yeah. now they're doing they just, it like They just added on to Mordor to make War. And I'm like, I don't need the extra stuff. I just want to play Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, next question. Uh, have you ever pretended to be sick to get out of uh, to get out of something so you could play video games instead. Yes, hundred <laughs> like to the point where like hundreds my mom had times. to. Yeah, well, not maybe not hundreds, maybe exaggeration, but dozens. Sure. Uh, my my mom had to make a rule that like I can't play video games if I'm staying home sick, which flagrantly oh. ignored. To the I remember specifically her hiding my copy of because I bought Wind Waker. The next day, whoa, I'm sick, and then <laughs> she hid the she hid the copy that I just bought. Uh, somewhere, but then she like, I don't know if this is my mom trying to be nice or my mom being very forgetful, but she left it on the kitchen counter. Oh. So I just grabbed it and played it and like, <laughs> like just started playing it. And when she came home, she had no problem with me already being in the second dungeon. So <laughs> she was like, all right, whatever, just keep playing. But I definitely did that. I, <laughs> fun, I don't know that I faked sick. I might've actually been sick, but for Yakuza Zero, I remember not going to work. <laughs> And I remember staying home and just playing the cabaret minigame for like 12 hours. <laughs> awesome. Okay, next question. Uh, related to that, what is your earliest gaming memory? I remember when my parents brought my brother in NES. This would be the first time I was ever really exposed to video games. But they brought him in NES. The first two games they bought were uh, Ultras, Ultra slash Konami's, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is... The Japanese word for it is kusoke, uh, which is a, a shit game, is the literal <laughs> uh, It is an awful, awful game. I am shocked that I played video games after that, that I like made a career slash life after video, video games after that. And the other game was Metal Gear, oh. which Metal Gear NES, perfectly serviceable, not actually that good. But those are the two games I played. It was a while before I ever played like a Mario or anything like that. But my earliest gaming memory is my parents bringing that home, uh... My dad putting it on top of the TV and then going into the back and bringing out his toolbox, which was, in my family, the universal signal for something's about to break. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, and like, t- like I, f- I don't even because back in the day you had those like RF adapters that you had to plug the side things in yeah. and get everything plugged in. Like you had to be on channel three, but not channel four, and some other TVs were channel four, not channel three. But I remember maybe after like an hour, which felt like an eternity of that thing just sitting on that TV, like that actually getting done and then turning it on to turn on Ninja Turtles and then immediately go, because in that game, when you press start, Splinter or April will say something on the like little menu screen where you choose the turtles. And I remember like turning it on, my brother and I, who did not know how to read, being like, mom, help, <laughs> like coming over here, like, can you please read that for us? My mom, who was like new English, but did not like, was not necessarily conversational in it at that point, was like, read it, be like, says go to the dam. We're like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> we don't know what that means. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, that was my earliest memory is like that game, playing that game, not realizing how bad it was, but also like having to call in my mom every time like I press pause because I don't know whether something being said was very important. Thank God I didn't get like Dragon Quest or whatever until <laughs> after I could learn how to read. That's so funny because oh, playing video games was maybe my biggest motivation to learn how to read as a kid. <laughs> so I could l- learn how to navigate menus and understand where I needed to go and all of that. Um, like, that, obviously, good teachers and parents yeah. and stuff, yeah. but, like, that was my primary motivation. That same year, my dad, who is a communications professor, uh, gave me a copy... Come on, I was three years old. Gave me a copy of All the President's Men by Woodward and Bernstein. It was like, learn how to read this. So that took me about, like three four years yeah. but that's why i'm a journalist now because i was like oh journalists are cool journalists took down the president that's amazing that that basically set me on my life path right wow uh okay uh next question what is your most controversial gaming opinion hmm i got a game of the year list coming out in the next couple of days that has god of the war at like god of war at nine which oh, actually okay. In, in recent days, I might actually, like, push that up a little bit. Uh, I, I'm not really a fan of... I'm not really a fan of, honestly, most of Sony's first-party portfolio. Mm. Like, I don't think uh, Uncharted's really that good. I'm not a huge fan of The Last of Us. I, don't, I think those games are fine. I don't begrudge them. I think they're well-made, but, like, I, a lot of what they do is not for me. Uh, I think in terms of, like, raw numbers, in terms of popularity, I'm not... I really like Pokemon. I have not liked the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. So, like, the last game sold 10 million. I was telling you all before that, I think it's kind of sloppily, garbagely made. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm sure I have. I, I know I have a lot of hot takes because. Just I so you know, we don't need all of them. We don't need a comprehensive list. We just need yeah. your most controversial opinion. Most, most controversial is. Uh, I think MGS. Five is the second best of that series. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think three is the best, but five is like the best actual stealth game I think that's ever been put out. Hmm. I, I, you know what? I, yeah, I, I respect the take. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just, you can do so many things. Like it's just, it's just, yeah, it is. The world is your oyster and you can play it how you want to. And yes, I, I respect it. Absolutely. I'm a bit disappointed Death Stranding 2 is coming next because I'd love to see him just iterate on that stealth stuff again. Oh, I don't know. Mm. I think they're going to combine. I think we're going to have like a Metal Gear Death Stranding uh, thing cool. happening. Like a singularity in that universe. There was essentially a Metal Gear in that trailer. So who knows? Right. So you know, that's that's my great hope that that we're mm. just going to have to combine the two together and something crazy is going to happen. Awesome. Well, last question from me before I kick it back over to Flora. Yeah. Who is the superior Mario brother? Luigi. 
Of course. Thank you. He, ju- <laughs> he jumps high. Like, sl- sliding is not that big a deal as long as you kind of know where you're going. Jumping higher is... Sliding you can top- compensate for. Jumping higher is something that is, like, good. In- innately good. Cannot be compensated for. You can't have Mario just jump a little bit higher when you want him to. Sliding is whatever. You- you're a good enough player to get deal with that. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, Flora, back over to you. Um, I'll just end with one more... Um... Imran, one of my favorite articles of yours uh, from last year was about how Super Mario Sunshine was the first Yakuza game. Um, <laughs> I'm curious, um, do you think there are any other contenders for like predecessor Yakuza games that you could spin a full-length article about? Hmm, that's a, that's a question that might take a little bit of thought. I might like think about that in the back of my head and try and like give you an answer later yeah, in the show. Yeah, that's totally fine. But... I think there are definitely probably examples of games that fit that Yakuza mold of going to jail for no, no reason and having to clean up a town that you've already, like, pledged your loyalty to. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Yakuza 0. Um, the reason we are all here, uh, Yakuza 0 was developed by Ryuga Gotoku Studio, um, published by Sega. It was published on PlayStation 3, 4, uh, Windows, Xbox One, and Amazon Luna. Um, looking at the release date of this is kind of awkward because you have the Japan release, which is 2015, uh, March 12th of that year, and then later uh, coming to the U.S. and Europe, which is January 24th, 2017. Um, and before we really dive in here, um, we're going to do what is known as the fast pitch on this show, where we try to describe the game that we're going to talk about in one sentence. Uh, would anyone like to go first? I'm happy to go first. Go for it. Yakuza 0 is a paper tissue collecting simulator. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, please. Another one. Thank you, sir. Um, I can go next. Uh, it's Streets of Rage meets like the Days of Our Lives meets The Godfather. Whoa! On my initial Whoa. take, my, my early take—that's what I'm—that's what I get. I kind of see where you're going yeah, with yeah. that. Uh, I'll try. Yeah. Uh, Yakuza Zero is rigorously ransom with pathos. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, you are beating up a lot of people along the way. Yeah. And I guess I'll say that Yakuza Zero is like the best Christmas game in the way that people say Die Hard is the best Christmas game or movie. <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's a good one. You guys are mm. good at this. Sometimes. <laughs> Usually not, but sometimes. Cool. So just taking us back to the 2017 release of Yakuza 0, um, some games that came out on the same day, same week. You have Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. You have Tales of Berseria. You have, um, in the same week, Dragon Quest Eight and Gravity Rush 2. Um, before really going into the specifics of this game, I just kind of want to get a sense of your background with what this game is commonly described as an action-adventure game. I feel super open, but like, what other games, uh, Imran, have you played sort of in this genre that are not necessarily just Yakuza experiences? I mean, that same, like you were mentioning the, the release timing, it came out two months before Breath of the Wild, yeah. three months before uh, Nier Automata, which are games I would say are actually very similar in their, like, what they're set out to do, but not necessarily, like, the kind of game they are. Yeah. But those are all action-adventure games. And I think, like, those three games together, I th- started creating a, uh, what's the word I want to look for? Reputation or moment, a wave of Japan is back. Yeah. Japan, Japanese games now make sense again. So, like, I think it's really honestly kind of weird. Like, Horizon, I guess, is also part of that. That's part of the Japan wave, but that's part of, like, that also came out around that same time, mm-hmm. where I think all four of those games kind of put that, like, action-adventure genre into the forefront of the gaming industry for at least the last five years. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I think around that same time period, I think of like Persona 5 as well. Um, just that those sort of like that whole wave, I feel like that year was just astounding for games. Um, Katie, yeah. have you played any games like this before? Action adventure games? Yes. Just games like this game? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> That's a no. very good distinction, yeah. Katie. Okay. Absolutely not. Uh, the closest thing, and it's not at all similar, um, you just mentioned Persona. I've played Persona 5. Mm-hmm. Other than that... I've come to realize in the last few years that like Japanese games are not something that I'm as well versed in as I kind of thought I was, even though I hadn't been playing them for the past so many years. Like when I was a kid, there was early Final Fantasies, you know, things like that. But um, no, the last so many years, not as much. And But I've liked to get back into them a bit more. So yeah, Persona 5 was one and I adored that game. So you brought up Yakuza and I know how much you adore Yakuza Flora. So I was like, yes. I want to try Yakuza. It's like, you know, the hot stuff right now. It just comes out, gets more and more popular with each release. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, I want to play Yakuza. So no, I have not played a game like this. Not quite. Yeah. Like to to echo that, I don't think I've played a game like Yakuza, although I've played games in the genre. Yakuza feels, or Yakuza 0 feels very odd, um, very unique in my 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 only experience with yakuza the genre up in or the the game up until now has been listening to alex navarro talk about yakuza on successive episodes of whatever podcast he's on <laughs> at the time um so i feel like i've been exposed to the fever dream of the yakuza universe <laughs> via um descriptions of the things that happen and also our insane community uh led by flora in the discord every friday <laughs> posting a gif uh of the main characters dancing saying it's friday so <laughs> there is just so much uh so much weirdness in this game that uh that i had never been exposed to before except through like the peripheral of the culture yeah i i imagine that if your first impression is just the memes of yakuza you're gonna have a very wild experience getting like oriented in your first few hours uh because oh, like let me tell you like yakuza zero in particular starts off like so seriously and like very slow paced and you're wondering like when is all the silliness gonna come out but i'm sure we'll get there oh i have not <laughs> have that opinion but we really get there. really okay yes um imran i wanted to ask you um like what what's your history with the rest of the yakuza series i assume you've played many many more i've seen you like talk about them somewhat online but um which ones have you played which ones stand out to you in the series etc so i've played i think up up to yakuza zero i had at least touched every game in the series that had come out in america like part of them some of them were reviews some of them were just like i want to try this i played the first game i was like this is really the first game was dubbed in english and it had like uh with like the mark hamill performance and everything it, Mark Hamill's the only notable one. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who played Shimano, and he's in this. Oh. He he just got announced for this other game like two weeks ago, like a, like Crime City or something. Uh, Matt, no, I, I mean, never mind. <laughs> well, anyway, there was people. There were they had like a big list of like recently Cook was in that game. There were a big list of actors, yet somehow it all sounded just terrible. Like it was that that era where big actors would do a game and be like, so this is a video game, right? I don't need to try and. <laughs> It just it didn't work out. I tried Yakuza two. It was like, ah, this is not. I'm not feeling this either. I played a little bit of the story. Three had maybe the slowest start of any game in the series. Uh, four I enjoyed, but by four I started, I started to feel like the wheels were coming off. And like you mentioned earlier, that the games are getting hotter and hotter and bigger and bigger. 
Sega was kind of done by five releasing these in America. They were just like Sony had to release five because it was part of a fan request campaign. Hmm. So by by the time five did come out, it was a PS3 game long after the PS4 had come out. And when Zero came out, I was like, okay, I hear I, I will give this one last shot. I'm going to try Zero and I'm going to like see if this series is actually for me. And it just blew me away. Hmm. So like by the time I played Zero, I was, I was also similarly like maybe I'm just not into this series, but now I'm like oh yeah I'm I'm a full on fan. That I kind of answers a question that I wanted to pose to the two of you or Yakuza experts um, was basically where this came in in the series, where it had been before. Was it was it good before? Was this a was this similar to what had come before? It was similar to what comes after. Is it is it different in any way? Like I don't know. As far as the context within the series, how it relates to everything else. It's, in my opinion, it's where the series finally picks up. It's where, like, the writing starts matching the quality of the game, where they start, the, it's hard to, like, elaborate, or it's hard to under, or exaggerate how important the different fighting styles actually were to the repetitiveness of that game, or, like, the lack of repetitiveness. Because in one, two, three, they all had just Kiryu, yep. and it was Kiryu in the dragon style, which is a slow, somewhat plodding style that wasn't really that fun to do. Four and five introduced multiple characters, but if you weren't, didn't really like their fighting styles, you were stuck as them for chapters. Like Haruka, for example, is in five, and her whole thing is she gets challenged by people doing dance battles, which is like <laughs> neat and has variety, but by the end of the chapter, you're like, I am so done with this. I want to move on to just hitting people again. And, like, what Zero did is it introduced, like, what if we just had a bunch of fighting styles that changed whenever you want them to change? And that is what actually made the game much more interesting. It lets you actually, like, really, when you, when someone is coming up to you every five seconds looking for a battle, it can get very boring if you're doing the exact same things over and over. And just going, like, oh, I want to do this in beast style or the uh, boxing style or whatever, that makes a much bigger difference. And I think, like... That combined with the the I think stellar story, uh, is probably like what actually elevated Zero above the rest of the series for me. Okay, yeah. So the just the ability to add your own variety when you feel that you need variety. Yeah. When you're starting be to like, feel some boredom. If Devil May Cry were Dante's original style, the entire series, mm. that game would not have gotten past three, probably. Mm, that's a good point. So anything before Yakuza Zero. You're saying, eh, not not critical to play. Is that the I th- read I'm getting? I think if you're a huge Yakuza fan and you like that story and cutscenes, I would go back to them and maybe test them out, especially with the HD remasters that I think are still on Game Pass. Uh, but if like if you're looking for, I want this gameplay in another game, your choice is pretty much Yakuza Kiwami, and that's it. Okay, so so we're at a good entry point into the series. Yes, I think I think Zero is such a good entry point that they've actually gone back with the remakes and remasters, or with the remakes mostly and the new games, and have assumed you have played Zero. Like there is a side quest in Yakuza Six, which came, which was developed and released after Zero, that does not make any sense if you've not played Yakuza Zero. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. I I totally agree with what you're saying about the combat stuff, like um, specifically being locked in for chapters at a time. Like, like it does try to iterate on itself as the series goes on, but Zero is what really feels like the most dynamic of the brawler combat. Um, yeah. and, and it has my two favorite fighting styles, like out of any of the games by far. Um, absenting maybe some 
Yakuza Like a Dragon stuff, but that's probably its own conversation. All the turn-based. Yeah, like, finding a boss that has a specific fighting style and matching their fighting style because it's just cool to do, like... As many times as you fight Kuzay in that game, fighting him with the boxing, st- the the fisting style is like hol- amazing. It is like it makes for actual like I want to say cinematic fights. Wait, so why is it why is it special to like match their style? Because like it is, it's just a cool thing of as good as you think you are as a boxer, I am better than you. Uh, okay. Okay. Understood. Also, Understood. he hits you with a motorcycle at one some point. <laughs> so it's just revenge. See, this is this is the context that I kind of had going in. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, you just get hit by a motorcycle, or uh, you, you're you're gonna fall 13 floors out of this building and and land and survive. Which like, is fu- maybe so, not like, literally, but those are the types of things that Yakuza was always described to me as. Yeah. So in the run up to Yakuza Zero, one of the things they're like, we're gonna explain how Kiryu is so strong. They do not in any way explain it. And I don't know what they were thinking when they said that, or if there was a scene that got cut or something. But Kiryu is just a dude who's very strong. I like it with no, no explanation. explanation. I want no. no explanation. I just want <laughs> wackiness with no reason and just like, no, you're accepting it. That was yeah. kind of my thing coming into this game as I'm starting to play it, and I'm just like, oh, you just go along with this. If wacky stuff is going to happen, you are going to meet wacky people. The storylines are going to be some of the most off the wall things that you will just like come into contact with, with, with no setup. And I'm just like, anyone can say anything. Like I could meet someone on the street and they could literally say anything (laughs) and I don't know what it's going to be. And that's part of my excitement of playing this game is I'm just like, I I don't know what's going to happen. And it's thrilling all the time. It could be the most mundane thing. Or it could be the most, or it could be there's a cult leader taking all these people and they're wiping their memories. Or it could be uh, some guy who's like, I'm running to get lip gloss or uh, lip balm. Like, I don't know. Anything can happen. (laughs) And that's part of what I like about it so far is just, it just feels so wacky constantly. I am only two chapters into this game because of that. Because of (laughs) the absolute craziness. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, I initially bounced off a little bit mm. at the beginning because i was like oh serious main story yeah or and then crazy stuff happens that like broke believability and then you're like no no trust trust me like this is this is the this is the weird jank that you're in it for mm-hmm. and then then i just got swept up in all these side quests i'm like i'd much rather beat up some people to play some rc car racing <laughs> or pretend i'm a producer on this video on this tv show for a day <laughs> uh, or, you know, like all of these random things, that's the stuff that I've started to love more about this than anything, um, because it is just so varied and weird and almost anything could happen in this little neighborhood in Tokyo. Yeah. I will say like weird and wacky are like good hooks for that, this game. And by the end of the actual main story, I was bawling. Yeah. Like I was really? like actually crying. Cause like. I got so attached to these characters and what they did with them and like yeah. the admittedly kind of tragic ways that the story kind of ends. Yeah. Like I, in my adult life, I've cried at two pieces of media. Whoa. One was everything everywhere all at once. Oh, the yeah. other was this. Wow. Okay. There's a lot of I... crying lately for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Within the last couple of years, <laughs> there's been a lot of it. Um, should we talk about the setup? Should we, should we get into that? Yeah. What, what is it? Yeah. What's Yakuza? I'm going to lean on doing? the experts here. Yes. Because for me, it's a paper tissue collecting simulator. <laughs> uh, I, I guess like Yakuza is the 
it is in theory a series about people who are or used to be in the Yakuza. I believe that there's like some sort of social like taboo about something like playing as somebody that is actively in the Yakuza, mm. but they've kind of like mm. played around or they've fudged the edges on that quite a bit over the years. Yeah. But like there it is about Kazuma Kiryu repeatedly every Christmas getting back involved with the Tojo clan, a clan that used to be his uh his family. Mm-hmm. And either trying to solve their troubles or making it much worse and then solving it. Yes. <laughs> and Yakuza Zero is a high our throwback to the bubble era of late 80s Japan, yep. which is when this is actually kind of crucial to this, the main story of the game, but that's when re- realty prices were at their absolute highest in the entire history of the country. So that being the way it is, is that the Yakuza, the actual like mafia, was basically running things through realty at that part of the that part of the country's history, because they were just buying up things and selling it off at like incredible prices so this entire game is about one small plot of land that is like the size of an alley that could go for like what is i think the equivalent of like a hundred million dollars at that time Mm -hmm. and because like because it's in the 80s and all that there's like old references to like there's a side quest that's about dragon quest 3 there's side quests that are about like the introduction of the sales tax Mm -hmm. there's side quests that are about like RC cars, like things that were popular at the time that like don't make a lot of sense to people nowadays. But I, because they get to set them back in the eighties, they're just going to like make all these like dumb jokes about, yeah. Yeah. You remember how weird it was to wait in line for a video game? Yeah. That's how things used to be. Well, and also to speak to the thing that Mike has brought up a few times now about like the like paper tissue simulator or whatever, like mm. that's also just another fun little quirky historical relic of like, oh, these um, tissues used to be passed out as like a way of like marketing, like advertisements were printed yeah. on these things. And like, that's something that culturally, like as an American, I never knew and never encountered, but like makes a ton of sense when you start to like dig into it a little bit. Well, as an American, they would not give it to you. That's the thing. (laughs) As as you're walking through, say, Shibuya, they'll hand it it to one person, hand it to the next person. You walk by, they hold it back. It's like, "Hmm." really? Kind of saw that coming. Interesting. Yeah, I had no context for that until I asked in the Discord because I was just frankly annoyed (laughs) that I was like collecting all of these paper tissues and I'm like, what am I ever going to use these for? Did you think he was going to give you something different the next time that you talked to that man? <laughs> Where you're like, maybe this time it won't be tissues. And then he gave you tissues again. The thing was, it wasn't always the same guy, but I was just getting it from <laughs> random people. So I was like, clearly there has to be some use. It used to feels... be a lot worse. Okay. Like in previous games, uh, they would take up item slots. So you would not be able to pick up things because you had all these tissues yeah. that you couldn't just throw away. <laughs> There, that's another thing is that there are so many like Japanese cultural uh, I feel like there are these touchstones that are coming up and I'm like oh I feel like I'm not getting this and it and that makes it feel um, more like I'm just in a strange place like that I, uh, there was something today I played it today and there was something where I was like this is clearly a thing um, that happens that is uh, occurs more in this culture that I have no knowledge of and that also kind of adds to this like feeling of anything can happen. Anyone can say anything about anything, and I don't know what it's going to be because I don't even know what's what's oh. uh, super culturally relevant. 
Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's actually very interesting. Like the area this place game or this game takes place in, and most of the Yakuza games take place in, uh, Kamurocho is based on Kabukicho in Tokyo. And there's a few things where they fudge the map to not make it exactly the same. But if you've played enough Yakuza, you can navigate around there without a map, and it's surprisingly easy. I have heard that before. Is so is this air this small little district area is this a um the vibe that i got is kind of a um like a bourbon street kind of new orleans i mean obviously a completely other culture different but like just the party place like a place where kind of anything goes more so than other areas it's a red light district essentially so it is like the massages and like sex work and stuff like that is mostly what's there. There's like there's some convenience stores, there's like a family a couple of family marts stuff like that. But it is mostly like this is where you go where people looking for like sex work go to blow off steam. Okay. Which makes yeah. it a, a obvious place to set a mafia game. Mhm. There were a, I noticed a bunch of billboards for those either idols or uh basically there was a lot of guys with final fantasy hair. Yes, uh, expertly quaffed it. Host, yeah. yes. There's a lot of host clubs and hostess right. clubs there. What's up with the cards? I'm picking up oh. all these cards, these ah. like women cards, yeah. and I'm like, I and I'm picking them up because I, 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 I have this game is really tapping into my like completionist, you know, <laughs> vibe where I'm like, oh, well, I got to pick up these cards. I don't know what they do. Where and you can have you can equip a charm. There's equipment. We have to get to that too. There's weapons are crazy, um, but yeah, you can equip a charm that that basically makes a chime whenever you're near a card. And I'm like, well, I have to have that on me. Like, screw defense and everything. I have to get these cards. Yeah. So everyone at time, I hear this chime. I'm like, ah, where's the card? Where's the card? And I pick it up. I have no idea what it's for, or what it does, if it does anything. But I'm like, great, I got another card, and I keep on running on my merry way. And I, I, the series the has a fairly inexorable tie now with Japanese pornography. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the cards you're picking up are Japanese porn stars, essentially. Mm-hmm. And basically... Really? Yes. So, and there's there's actually quite a few Japanese porn stars just, like, as characters and NPCs yeah. in the game. Like, uh, really? like, yeah. like based on actual people or completely yeah. fictional? Based on actual people. Yeah, like the hostess. Really? So, like, most of the cabaret are the in the cabaret club, like, mm-hmm. most of the actual name characters are porn stars. Uh, the one in the... In the realty game, the woman who works as your secretary is a Japanese porn star. Oh. Like, uh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> it's a, it's been going for a few games and it's mostly like a, we, they take pride in being a very adult game series yeah. mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, okay, you didn't necessarily need to do this, but okay, whatever, if you're going to. Mm-hmm. And like they, in Yakuza 6, there's like a, uh. Web here you can very naively log on to a porn star's webcam and it's just footage of her like talking back to him. That's it. <laughs> like that's the entire wow. mini game. Yeah. They're- that's so wild. I can't imagine that I honestly I can't imagine just having random porn star cameos in <laughs> any right? other game, like any other series. Yeah, it's like this this game's affinity for that sort of like like adult theme is is persistent in other mini games as well. Like the uh, there's a situation where Kiryu like cold calls these women that he doesn't really know and he has to like pick from a dial of like the best most seductive uh options and then like if it's a success then you meet up and take them on a date and like there's there's like 
with the cards specifically, I'm actually reminded of when I was living in China, there would be like sex workers who would slip little like calling cards under the door, like to your hotel or your hostel room. And like you would come back and you would just have like a picture of a woman with like a phone number and like some details. And uh, and that's kind of like how I initially read these cards. But like later in the game, you discover like these video stores and stuff. You can probably just run into it right off the bat, honestly. Um, and yeah, I couldn't make use of it. I was like, well, I, <laughs> I guess I got to go to the, the, the porn video store because it's here. I'm like, I got to go to every building. I got to go to each one and see what's up. I like, cause there's cool stuff in each one. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, sex video store, let's go. And it's basically like, oh, later on, like I couldn't actually go in. It, it told yeah. me that later on, once you have met certain people, <laughs> then you can go in and watch their videos. I think, I think it's Mr. Libido. Yeah. You have to meet if I'm not mistaken. Mr. <laughs> Libido. Mr. Libido. Yeah. What? <laughs> I believe before he tells you his name, his, his text box just says walking erection. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Come on. This just gets better. I did not think I would love this game as much as I do. And if you had pitched all Whoa. this to me, if you had laid this out to me and said, okay, you're going to, all these things are going to happen. I don't know that that in itself would have sold the game to me. Like, I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. That's, that sounds crazy, but I don't know. But there's something about the tone of the game and the, like, the range from the serious mm-hmm. to the to the wacky and the your character's reaction, like Curio or Vegeta's uh, reactions always. to things. Deadpan. Yeah. And just, like, their comments, or sometimes they're, like, they, they'll kind of um, be, like, this guy's nuts. Like, what is this guy doing? And, like, kind of, like, make fun of the person they're talking about a little bit. Or, they're, or they are super empathetic yeah. to the person's problems. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the tone that just, like, zips back and forth that is just so entertaining um, even the tone of the fights and the way that you could like bash people over the head with a bicycle well, is just so to, much fun. To that, that point, the reaction to everything is just beating people up. It's like, yes. and we're going to fight. It's weird because like when you do these side quests, Kiryu never gets into it thinking like, oh, I'll just beat some people up for you. It, just it always manages like, he's like, okay, I'll put on a nice sweater and pretend to be a director. <laughs> and then exactly. somehow somebody gets attacked. So Kiryu's like, all right, guess I got to get involved. Yes, and that kind of endears me to him, that he's like the tough guy, but he's not walking around like, I'm going to beat people up. He's just like, oh, it happened. it's happening again. All right, yeah. I guess I'll fight you, but he's trouble not looking me. for a fight. Yeah, tr- so trouble finds me again. There, There is a part in Yakuza's, the PSP game, I don't remember the name of it, but they try to explain that as part of a gang initiation... Every, like, mob or, like, street gang or street toughs or whoever tell their group there's a guy who comes around every Christmas. He looks real tough. Go pick a fight with him as part of your initiation. If you get beat up, you're in the gang. So, like, that's why Kiryu keeps getting attacked every Christmas. (laughs) What? Because they think that he's the tough guy that's been sent to them? Yes. To get in a fight with? Yes. I don't know how, like, canon that PSP game is, but that's the explanation of why people keep coming at him every every like, December. Like, that's the guy. Oh, my God. This is fantastic. <laughs> um, Yeah, and then there's the weapons. Like, the mm. combat system also. Um, When it starts off, I think, like, your first big um interaction with the combat system is in that, like, uh, not apartment building, but, like, a business... Not skyscraper, but you know, multi-level like business building, and you're going from you're going up the steps after you first meet the um the leaders of the different branches, the different of the, clans, of the, the different clans. mafia bosses, yeah, 
Yeah. And you're going around and all these henchmen are coming in and you, you fight them and then you go out that door and you go up the stairs and you fight some more people. And at first I didn't, I was like, I don't get it. It took me a couple minutes to kind of get the hang of it. And then once you get the hang of it, it just becomes fun because you're like, oh, I can grab this guy. And yeah. then all the like mm-hmm. finishing moves are a lot of fun. No matter how many times I see him slam somebody into the, the wall and like punch his skull in, it's still fun. Um, and then just when you're kind of like, okay, this is starting to lose its freshness. I discovered all of the, the many, many different weapons. Oh, yeah. There's a <laughs> lightsaber. It's yeah. not a lightsaber. Cause God forbid they can't call it a lightsaber, but that's a lightsaber. They're like, oh, it's a photon sword or something. <laughs> and I'm like, there's oh my a, God, I can have a lightsaber. There's a, uh, what do you call those fish with like big, like what? Oh, like oh, Marlin. Yeah. The Marlin Mar- cannon. Yeah. A Marlin cannon that you can just shoot people. <laughs> There's like slime guns, which is a shotgun that snake tables slip. What? <laughs> yes. I pulled out the Marlin cannon. I was like, wait, I can equip these weapons. Oh my God. And I'm like, wait, how do I even, how do I pull the weapon out? I was like, I have it equipped. How do I use it? And then I found the button and this Marlin cannon goes <laughs> and aimed. And I'm like, <gasps> and then I fired it and it just like basically exploded these guys like they just sent them sprawling and i'm like this is the best game ever i love this game do you impale people with marlins no you would oh. think so. so actually you should be able to impale them with can you can i see imran's face can so you impale the, the funniest bit of little narrative dissonance in the yakuza series is and this is a big part of yakuza zero as well is that kiryu never kills yep. anybody canonically however there's a mini game late in the game which is like a virtual cop thing where you you are Kiryu with a handgun shooting down like bikers and helicopters chasing you, but you're never killing anybody. Narratively, Kiryu has never killed anyone. God forbid. He's just pile drive people through three stories of a building and smash their heads into yeah. and through walls and yeah, just life altering injuries. Yes. He's Batman, basically. <laughs> They're sleeping. It's fine. Yeah. It's funny you mention all the stuff about weapons because in my first playthrough of Yakuza, I t- I barely touched any of the weapons um, outside of just the environmental things that you can pick up. Like if you like yeah. beat somebody up and they drop a bat, then you can pick up their bat or like um, picking up a motorcycle or a cone or something off the side of the road and just like, you know, wailing that until it breaks. Um, I-, I think the fact that everything was durable w- or sorry, didn't have durability yeah. um, was an initial just like, oh, OK, I'm not really going to focus on this as a way to like progress my character. I'm just going to try and avoid damage in combat and like change between the various styles as necessary. Um, but like later in the game, as I approached a sort of like foolish, I'm going to try and 100 percent this game. Uh, like the completion list on this game is just absurd. Um, you have to obtain all of like the weapons and like all of the materials and like mm-hmm. there's like a um I think it's called the Dragon and Tiger. There's like a store where you have to like send people out on expeditions to find these things and there's tiny fractions of percentages of finding this one little weapon that you need. Um, and it, and it's its own task. But like in that process, I actually finally got used to the weapons and started seeking them out. Um, and some of them are actually like required for like these secret bosses. Um, if you do all the sub stories and stuff, but um, obviously I won't go into that right now. But just something to consider. I wasn't thinking. I oh I need to use the weapons. Like I don't mind. I like the fights without the weapons. Mm-hmm. But when I see something like a Marlin cannon, I'm like I got to use. <laughs> yeah, that. it's just too absurd. Of course. Uh, it's too absurd. Like a regular like katana, I'm like, well, I don't I don't really need to use that. Like it's fine. I can stay in my inventory, but I'm like, oh, I got to see what this thing does. And I uh, so I'll equip those ones cuz it's, so it's just fun. It's not a weapon, but keep an orange with you because it's <laughs> at some point 
you will have a use for that orange in battle. Yeah. This is what I'm here for. I need that stuff. Keep an orange with you at all times. Got it. Noted. Are there any other like weird inventory things like that? Because I remember the orange happening on my replay, but um, it was not something that happened in my first playthrough. I think if you keep a teapot with you, there's one for that. But I think you can also grab teapots off like the side of the the street sometimes. So I'm not, I'm, I don't remember any offhand besides the orange in the teapot. So we've talked a bit about Kiryu. Um, I have not gotten far enough to unlock the other character. Can you guys give me a debrief? What should I expect? So Majima is or was a side character in the series in one, one, two, and three. At about four, they decided to start giving him more of a story. Mm-hmm. And like the story they give him is he was supposed to be part of like a multi-man hit along with his sworn brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he his family kept him from like by family, I mean his Yakuza family, yeah. kept him from attending because they wanted to blame the the entire hit on his brother, sworn brother. So his sworn brother went to jail for decades thinking that Majima betrayed him. And all that time, what when Kiryu destroys the a Yakuza group, what happens is all their people are leaderless. So Majima's like, hey, why don't you join my group? So by the time Yakuza 4 rolls around, Majima has the biggest army in the entire city. He has literally every like lost son of the Yakuza under him. So... In my, by that's kind of him. The, the, it it also means that because like he has a thing where initially in the first few games he is just crazy. Yeah, they don't like he is essentially the Joker, which is why Mark Hamill playing him made sense mm-hmm. back in the time. By about Yakuza four, it started to become like, wait, is he actually crazy or is he just like a genius that's pretending to be crazy? Yeah, and then like around that time is when Yakuza Zero gets made because you're like, okay, it turns out Maji was very popular. Yeah. Let's let's go back and like make him a playable character and try and explain a little bit why he acts the way it does. So Yakuza Zero is that story of why does Majima in later games act like the Joker, but early like there are moments of lucidity for him. Yeah. So this is like when you start playing as him, you're like, wait, he's he is a straight man. He seems to have like the thing he is most broken up about is the fact that he let his sworn brother go to jail yeah. and has never been able to explain it, that to him yet. So he he is looking for a way to stay in the Yakuza, not in trouble, so that his sworn brother can find him and get, exact his revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this game is the sto- in more ways than I think, because Kiryu's story feels kind of planted on. But Majima's story is what this game actually feels like it's supposed to be about, yeah. is how do we tell the story of... How Majima gets from here to where he is in Yakuza 4 and 5, 5 in particular being a very, like, surprising backstory for him, where you find out, like, he had a a period of such lucidity that, like, he had a son, or he he was, his partner was pregnant, but ultimately she had to have an abortion, and that's part of what, like, drove him into the Yakuza in the first place, and, like, it's... It turns out really good. It turned like Majima's story is, I think, the most compelling thing about this game. Yeah. A game full of compelling things. The intro to Majima, oh like the God. initial cutscene, yes. so good. I was enthralled. <laughs> I that whole thing is like forty Mike. minutes long, but it's, it's like so yeah. long, the best character intro I've ever seen. Yeah, same. 
I've played like five to ten hours of this game. I haven't even met this character that you're saying the game is basically. <laughs> That's because you're running around grabbing tissues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I am. It, it is like you do need the Kiryu setup to get to Majima, mm-hmm. and those stories intertwine in a very like actually like oh uh, wow that's really interesting. like it's a very good crime drama like Yakuza builds itself around twists maybe a little too often yeah I think in Yakuza Zero it works better than most I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys because you have not gotten there yet but when the way those two stories intertwine eventually is probably my favorite like holy shit moment of that game absolutely like. Majima is the centerpiece of this game in my experience, or at least on the replay, that's really the value that I got out of it. And then I think it was such a successful, like, storytelling experiment that um, in Kiwami, um, you have, like, these, like, extra chapters of from, like, Majima's... Or two, yeah, sorry. Kiwami 2, you have these, like, extra chapters from Majima's perspective, and you finally get a little bit of closure on some of the stuff that uh, Yakuza 0, like, establishes. So, um, I... I Which I haven't played yet. I should do that at some point. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it, especially considering you cried at the end and for probably reasons similar to what made me cry. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely fulfilling, I would say. Yeah, the time spent with Kiryu, and I don't know, it was like a perfect little um, intro into Majima, just like, mm-hmm. um, just spacing-wise, and like plotline-wise, and just um, when they unveiled him, I was like, oh, I'm ready for somebody new, and he has... A similar, kind of a similar vibe to Kiryu in that he's like, you know, tough guy who doesn't need to always be the tough guy and doesn't always need to um, beat up on people. Mm -hmm. But then you quickly find out that he's got more stuff going on. Um, And as soon as he's in his apartment and he's looking out his window and, and, and that whole setup, I was like, oh, oh, okay, we're going places. We have like a bit of depth to dive into Mm -hmm. and we've got a, a ways to go. So I'm very interested to see how it's going to develop. Yeah, absolutely. Like Majima's intro scene, like there's so much charisma, which is this immediate contrast and like the showboat sort of nature of the cabaret that he's working at. And just like everything that happens in that little like scenario, it seems like, okay, we're getting a wildly different character. But in the moment to moment of actually playing Majima, I find that they actually are very similar in the sense of like not really emoting too much, kind of like having wacky commentary on all of the serious and absurd things happening to them. Um, and, And of course, the game is intentionally trying to draw this parallel, but like down to the fighting styles like they do feel radically different on a moment-to-moment basis which i really really enjoyed like it, it did feel like there was always something new just around the corner like as soon as something got stale in this game like another chapter or a character change happened um and, and that's what kept me going because like right off the bat there was so much kiryu that i i was kind of like turned off a little bit not that i disliked kiryu's character but like i I didn't immediately click with it because the storytelling, like the introduction, I want to say the first five hours, it changes how it wants to tell its story like six or seven different times. There's like <laughs> high production cutscene and then just like visual novel. Yes. And then like like you run around like for two seconds and then you get stopped and then cutscene happens and like, oh, I'm on a sub story now. It's just it's incredibly disorienting. But by the time Majima picks up, I feel like the game really does take its stride. Well, Majima actually like differs from Kiryu in that he does have fun fighting. Yeah, he like really enjoys yeah, it. Actually, so, yes, you're right. He talks about it a lot. He's like, I need to bash people's heads in. He's like, why would I want to do anything different than that? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, which is like why when you his difference with Kiryu is Kiryu looks at like a new fighting style. Is like I can get stronger if I do this. Majima looks at like that looks fun. Yeah, it would <laughs> yes. be fun if I learned how to break dance and hit people with it. Yeah. 
So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the minigames uh, in Yakuza 0. There is a ton of content that is just devoid of any story purpose, although some of it does intersect. Um, I, I want to get a sense of um, Katie and then Mike, if you have really dabbled in any of these things, like bowling or like even like Mahjong or pool or darts or like just all of the actual minigame sort of stuff. I I've tried to dive into all of it. I do not understand... Um shogi to save my life <laughs> no you never know. Um, yeah. like that mahjong will just like i, yeah, mahjong, I, I don't understand guys. mahjong i thought i understood mahjong and now i know that i don't i do not at all and shogi i just pick i pick random pieces and i go oh i can move here with that one and then i pick another one i go oh i can move here with that one because i don't remember because they're, they're so i feel like there's a lot of options mm-hmm. and uh there's like your pawns and then everything else i don't know how these move and i not chess well, sorry, it, it's is chess. Shogi it's chess, chess, yeah, basically, but with different move sets. Oh, um, okay. And I, I, I played the the man in the street, and he's like, "Oh, how much <laughs> uh, shogi do you know?" I said, "Or how confident in your shogi abilities?" And I put zero. And he said, "Great, I'm going to play you like a beginner," and I got slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, oh, maybe, maybe later, maybe I'll come back to this. But yeah, I've done yeah. a bit of everything. I think. As for everything that I've encountered, yeah. I've tried to like interact with. Um, batting, very difficult. The batting cage, can't can't accomplish much there. Um, bowling, oh, you can become friends with people, yeah. which I first discovered yeah. with the bowling alley woman who's like, hey, and a little also friendship a meter started. I was like, Wait, really? <laughs> I can, yes. become, oh I can become friends with the porn star who uh, runs the bowling alley. Amazing. And she gives I you like, a chicken eventually. Yes. <laughs> or turkey eventually. <laughs> I like Which that we're just like talking about boring. random side characters that Nimrod's like, and she's also a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> Noted any, porn star. Any female NPC probably going to be a porn star. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. Uh, yeah. So I, I played around with some of the mini games because I've mostly just been doing side stories and anything but the main quest. Um, but Katie, I think you bring up like an interesting part in the Shogi in that like the level of localization for this game. Yeah seems to largely be around like you know localizing text uh with some context but there's just a level of localizing japanese culture that they just can't do or do not do Hmm. that uh makes it i don't want to say impenetrable but definitely makes you feel like not only is this game weird but it is from a very foreign culture right it's it's not uh it's not one-to-one at all Hmm. um which i like to me Maybe because I feel like it's a paper tissue simulator, but that was just one of them. You know, it was just one of those things of like, this is like a cultural element or artifact that you can't, there's no like localizing Mm -hmm. that, right? There's no like context cue you can give people like, by the way, this was a thing that happened on the regular without it pulling you out of the game. I did actually, I enjoyed that with like Mahjong and Shogi of, of feeling like a visitor and be saying, I have no knowledge base of this and trying to piece it together. Um, whereas I assume that if you are from Japan or have lived in Japan for a length of time that you just build up a knowledge of it and it would be easier to grasp. Mm-hmm. So trying to come in at the age that I'm in with no knowledge is very difficult and I'm, kind, I'm enjoying the challenge really. Mm-hmm. 
I actually feel like the impenetrability that you mentioned, Mike, um, wasn't present for me, like as far as like adapting to like the culture and sort of like the things that localization has to do to make it understandable to like a Western audience. Like, um, perhaps it's the fact that I grew up on anime and I just feel like I've been Mm. sort of like exposed by proxy to a lot of these things. Um, But like one of my favorite anime growing up was uh, Hikaru no Go, which was like a a story about this little kid who like became friends with an enchanted board game spirit for the game Go, which like, (laughs) like, okay. <laughs> that's like the worst sales pitch for the enemy I could have given you. But like uh, when it was ensconced in that narrative, I-, I picked up the rules quite quickly and I actually started like I bought a board and I like tried to teach my friends how to play and I like competed with people online. Of course and- you did. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I, ca- I can't help myself. But um, but with like Shogi or something like that, like I, I do think the rules are really well explained. It's just I-, I am not motivated to like learn the rules other than like you get a couple huge walls of text and then you're in the game. Like I don't have like a narrative reason to really care too much other than the completion points list. And so um, I still like having done the tasks and earned those points still don't really feel like i have a sense of it like if you put the board game in front of me right now i wouldn't know what to do i gotta tell you it doesn't matter how many times i've seen shikamaru play shogi i still don't know how to play you know <laughs> like it does, the anime is not going to save yeah, me yet, right yeah. i i can't help but notice none of you mentioned karaoke Oh, I, I was oh, waiting. That was my <laughs> next thing. Actually, I was waiting for the for the this to die down. I was gonna, that's like going to like the best karaoke. <laughs> that's the part of the intro that will forever live in my memory is when you and Nishikiyama go out and do judgment. Yeah, and like it turns into that rock scene, and yes. they're all that good. They are all like every single song is like okay. Yeah, you, you guys kind of nailed this one. Yeah, yeah. You go to a bar with your friend, and then he's like, oh, and. uh Let's do some karaoke. And then the music kicks in and the camera is swinging around. And like the cinematography of this karaoke (laughs) session is fantastic. And uh, that's one of the first moments where I was like, oh, this is just going to be just weird fun. Just like they're just going to throw in some weird fun. And I'm here for it. Yeah, karaoke. And then obviously the disco dancing. Um, When I did my first disco dance and Kiryu, who is... Very, very serious, very straight face. Yeah. <laughs> Starts doing his initial uh, disco moves across before the um, what is basically like a um, like dance dance revolution style. Actually, no, sorry. Uh, the karaoke is more like that. Whereas this is you have to move um, the box yeah, around a grid to yeah. the spot and then hit the right button mm-hmm. at the at the moment where the uh, overlay box kind of shrinks down to the right size. Um, but um, <laughs> well, I got distracted like, by explaining the grid. I'm like, ah, the grid. I can see it in my head. Um, but yeah, he starts doing his initial moves, and I was like, oh, this is so weird. Let's do some disco, <laughs> and it's just a lot of fun. That and karaoke are probably my two. Um, just because they're like so cinematic, right? They don't hold mm-hmm. back with it. Yeah. The a couple of times when I was in Japan a couple of months ago, the voice actor for Kiryu has his own band. So I got invited to see one of the, see it in concert. Oh my gosh! And uh, he he does do music like from the karaoke songs in Yakuza. So I got to see him perform Judgment live, awesome. which is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. That's so cool! Amazing. And then of course the legendary Friday night song comes from the uh, disco dancing as well. Um, yeah, the fake Michael Jackson. Yes, which, who is involved in a side quest later in the game? No way! Yeah. <laughs> There's there's actually quite a lot going on with like the Michael Jackson character and the dancing like sort of like competition elements and all of that. It's it's really it's really involved, especially because like both characters have to do stuff for it. Mm-hmm. 
I see. I like the continuity that's like pulled through the entire game. Like the the thread that links like, oh, within the mini game, you will hear the song by that character. And then later on, you'll meet that character. Like it's like it's its own world. It is all very like contained within this world and everything connects to each other. Um, Random thing. The the what is his name? The big money guy who Mr. comes Shakedown? around and Mr. Shakedown. beats you, Mister Shakedown, <laughs> who just appears. And then the very first time, I was like, I they've clearly set this up to tell you that you're not going to beat him. Like at least early in the game, maybe later, I'm not sure. But <laughs> mm. I, you know, in my own hubris, I was like, well, let's give it a shot. And then immediately just got Apollo. obliterated <laughs> within I don't know like six blows and lost my like. 19 million yen is it yen yeah it's yen mm-hmm. 19 million yen and i was like oh got it noted i will run the other way um and that just the way that characters are named like no he's he's named mr shakedown like we're not gonna you know fancy it up and give him some fancy name no he is what he is we're gonna call a spade a spade mm. i appreciate it yeah i think I, there's a gem you get or not gem like accessory you get later in the game it allows you to cancel any moves by switching to a different form, which is the only way I actually beat him Whoa, okay. by by staying in beast form and then going into the quick step form whenever I saw him start to move to dash away. Hmm. That's interesting. When when I went through for like an 100 percent run, I had to take him down. a I forget how many times. Um, and I just started using zap cannons. Like you can buy a gun that'll just like electrocute and stun him. And you just do that a bunch until he runs and swings at you. And then you dodge a few times. And so, um, I, I never thought to try the accessory. Um, that, that's a great Mm. little strat, but yeah, the names on these characters, like we mentioned Mr. Libido and like, uh, Mr. Shakedown and stuff like even just like your normal everyday encounters in the alleyway is just like mysterious man. And like, yes, um, (laughs) like I I don't disgruntled youth. Yes, disgruntled <laughs> youth, yes. That sort of stuff always um, cracks me up. So, if anyone up till now is thinking, I'm still not sold on this Yakuza, what other pitch do you have for them? Is there anything else that you would say of like, maybe maybe give it a try that we haven't mentioned so far? I think we covered the story, which is I think the biggest selling point in that game. Yeah. But I would say like, when Sega was first marketing it, what they would do is they would show, like, the funny parts first. Mm-hmm. Like, they would show the getting the turkey from the, the bowling alley mm-hmm. thing. They they would show, like, the end of sub, sub quest. I think, like, the, the selling point I would make is those two things are two halves of the same coin, the wackiness and the serious story, because Yakuza 0 is, I think, the first game I've ever played that really makes them work together. Yeah. They, like, don't necessarily connect. Like, they, they might as well be two separate sides of someone's life or, like, two alternate dimensions. But, like, what makes them work together is you can just go, like, I've ha- had enough of this main story right this second. I'm going to go do some weird things for a while. Mm-hmm. Or, that was strange. I'm. It's funny that that quest ended that way. I want something with a bit more, like, seriousness and drama. And you can just switch between those. Yeah. And it's very hard to make that balance. But it's a thing they actively think about. It's not just a thing they kind of like stumbled upon. Like I was talking to Yokoyama, the uh, the RGG studio head, and is like, that's where a lot of our game design time comes from. It's trying to pace these things out in a way that makes the player feel like they can or ping pong between them as they need. Yeah. So like that is how I'd say try Yakuza 0 is that if you don't think the pacing works for you, you can just adjust it on the fly however you want. Yeah, and... 
maybe to build on that a little bit, like, um, I feel like when you pick up a game like Yakuza 0, you're picking up, like, a hundred different games, um, not just this main brawler story that you're getting, um, all of these mini-games and the sub-stories as well, but, like, inside of the game, there's, like, a whole real estate mini-game that can take hours and hours of time, there is a, um, Cabaret Club mini-game that takes hours and hours of time, and, like, no matter what you're in for, maybe you just want to run to, like, Sega to do some, like, arcade games, or maybe you want to actually simulate some real-life minigames, or whatever it is. Like, there's there are so many different kinds of things to do that I feel like no matter what kind of, like, video game player you happen to be, um, you can sort of pick your poison and figure out, like, what's going to be best, um, or the best way to spend your time. Okay. Very good. And I have one more question for the two of you, since you're both here. Okay. What are... Let's say let's say top three Yakuza games. Zero is my or, top. Or your tops. Your your yeah. just generally speaking, your favorite Yakuza games. You don't have to specifically say you know three. Is but. it all down here, downhill here from for me? Yeah, it's a gentle slope. Is the top. <laughs> it's a gentle slope. <laughs> like I I, I really like seven, but I didn't like seven as much as zero. Yeah. I really like six, but I didn't like six as so much. I would say uh, zero. Seven two, when we'll see how like a dragon Ishin is. I've heard very Ishin is in that same mold of Yakuza Zero because both yeah. ga- the main games are made concurrently. Oh, of like that. it's that same like systems, different like battle our battle stances. Supposedly, like the side quests in the main story are the best, some of the best in the series. I've not played it because it's the first time coming out in English, yeah. but I've heard very good things about it. And the little bit I have played in English has been very good. Yeah, I, I've actually, um, I imported that game trying to, um, like, work my way through it because there's, like, a translation of, like, all the menus and stuff that you could, like, <laughs> you can kind of fight your way through the game even if you can't actually read what to do. Um, and, and it holds up really, really well, at least the PS3 version. Um, I'm really excited for that, like, remake, remaster, whatever it is. Um, I think Imran and I end up in pretty similar places. Zero is my favorite. Um, I think Seven is my second favorite. Um, and then it's, it's hard to say, I'll throw a curveball and say lost judgment, even though it's not officially a Yakuza mm. game. Uh, I really clicked with that. Um, so like there's judgment and lost judgment, which are like spinoffs in the same place. Um, it looks and plays very much just like the Yakuza games. Um, but like that one, I feel like resonated with me in an unexpected way because the first judgment game didn't really work for me that well. Um, within the Yakuza games, like, I feel like each game changes so significantly that if you're in, you're probably going to be in for no matter like which way the game goes. Um, Imran mentioned earlier, like Yakuza 3 having a really slow start. It does. Um, and it was like painfully slow for me when I first played it. But then like as you get in or like out of the slow part, I feel like it becomes really rewarding really quickly. Um, and just from like a technical polish standpoint, uh, Yakuza Kiwami and Kiwami 2 are really strong entries. So like if you have momentum after playing Yakuza 0, uh, I would say keep going, like just like pick it up linearly. Um, and if not, if that yeah. doesn't work for you, then jump all the way to probably Yakuza 7. It's a very different feeling game, uh, but like a dragon's like turn based uh, stuff like the cutscenes and the characters feel the same. The city feels the same, um, but a lot of it has really matured, I would say, over the years. Excellent. Okay. Um, once again, I wanted to say thank you, Emron, for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time tonight to talk Yaxa Zero. Um, is I just want to give you a chance to like plug any work that you have coming up, uh, anything soon. You mentioned like your Game of the Year review, your Patreon. What else do you have going on in the near future? Uh, it's pr- like the Patreon is the main thing at proscons.com. Uh, How's that beyond- spelled again? 
P-R-O-S-E-K-H-A-N-S.com. Uh, thank you for reminding me that, again, it's not a thing I can just say out loud. Uh, <laughs> beyond that, uh, that's mostly what I've been spending my time on. I, I do work PR, but I don't advertise that when I'm doing this game journalism stuff. So it's uh, you can also find my Twitter at ImranZUMG. Uh, who knows how much Twitter is going to last, but yeah. I assume wherever I'm going to go after that is going to be somewhat advertised. Unless advertising gets a banned. Who knows at this point? It's the Wild West there. Awesome. Um, and Katie, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am on Twitter. I am Les Brack, L-E-S-P-E-R-A-K. Same thing. I'm, I'm going to go down with the ship. We're going to see where we, where we land. I don't know, but that's my place. Um, yeah. So that that's pretty much it. That's where I do my talking. I might start posting up some uh, some crazy Yakuza Zero screenshots and and clips because yes, there do. are an abundance. Mike, how about you? Uh, the fine folks can find me at all places online at Ruffalo M uh, or MichaelRuffalo.ca and .com because of that branding. Uh, and yeah, you can also find me in the Discord. Uh, every Friday, watching Flora drop uh, a meme uh, of the Akuza guys dancing in a disco. There's a surprising abundance of those gifs out there, like different angles, different characters, different. I see captions. a new one every Friday. Yeah, I do feel like I'm in the club now. Good in the Discord. Like, oh, I get it now. The Friday night memes will continue until morale improves. Uh, <laughs> um, you can find us um, on Twitter at Left Behind Game Club, Instagram at Left Behind Game Club, Discord is leftbehindgame.club/discord. And if you enjoy the show, do us two favors: send it to a friend and give us a five star review on your podcast platform of choice. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Yes, once again, as long as it lasts, I will be going down with the ship at Ludo Narrative FM. You can check out my written work at epiloggaming.com. And yeah, check out, uh, join in on the Friday night uh, GIFs. We could use more support in the Yakuza channel. We're going to be picking up this conversation around Yakuza 0 in a few weeks' time. So if our conversation here has sparked your curiosity or interest and you want to give Yakuza 0 a shot, you have a few weeks to do so. And our episode part two will be coming out in January 2023. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. that you're a gif person oh well <laughs> now is not the time to litigate that matter but um but gif jif gif however you want to go